Hey everybody and welcome back. This is episode 7, lucky number 7 of Not All Bad and I'm your host Zach Andrews. And this is Paul Messman, the uh the guest that insisted on coming on and co-hosting. <laughs> uh well this is a show where we sweat the little things and complain about you find just the darkness in even the most joyous parts of life. Um and we're glad that you could join us. Yeah, uh and we uh yeah, but, and uh, please tell your friends about us. Uh, we're trying to do a big push to get our listenership from uh, five to six listeners, and uh, every recommendation counts. Uh, so everyone, please uh, tell your friends about us. Yeah, that's like a major, major, major upgrade for us. Like, hitting that six milestone is huge. Like, five is a big deal, but six is pretty much next level, and we're really hoping that you can help us get it help us get yeah there. yeah if you get us to six we're uh, prepared to, to to buy a new studio uh and uh we really hope you get us there yeah uh, yeah you can uh find our gofundme and no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh but seriously it's good to have you thanks for joining us again um we've got another episode planned just full of hatred for you with a little bit of positivity at the end paul if if you are ready uh, I think we should just go ahead and, and dive in. All that uh, all that fancy professional new intro out of the way. Yeah, I am definitely ready. Um, awesome. You know what? I would love to start today, Zach. Oh, yeah. All right. I love yeah. the, that enthusiasm. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, this is something I'm honestly pretty fired up about, which is that uh, about three or four times a day lately, I have gotten what I can only describe as a spam robocall and this may i don't know if this has been affecting everyone else but i remember back in the day maybe once a month you'd get a call and you'd be like this isn't a real person and it would be just something dumb that would be like come just give us your social security number i don't know something only elderly people fall for Exactly, but they've gotten more nefarious. But it's but become same- a huge issue. Don't be, don't downplay it. What the hell is happening? It's I don't gotten know. so bad. But every single, I, I kid you not, every day I get at least more than one, usually it's three or four, calls from the same area code I'm in. And then because now that I have a job, my phone number is listed on different uh, places where clients could find it. So I answer it every single time because I'm like, well, well, this time it might be something important. It's yeah. never something important. <laughs> and it's it's always the same angry sounding robot asking me about my car insurance or uh, lately it's been offering me jobs. And it's oh, it's just gotten – <laughs> yeah, they, they they've been offering me Got a lot of headhunters on you. They, they keep telling me that they're a headhunter, and what's honestly what's frustrating is that a couple times, I think the most frustrating part about this is that they're believable. That they've gotten the technology down to where it sounds like a real person, and so a lot of times I like want to give it the benefit of a doubt for just a moment. I'll be like, hey, like we we have you in our system, and we found a job that I think fits for you. I'll be like. Uh, okay great and then they'll be like can you tell us a little bit about yourself and they'll have the response as well but then every once in a while they'll be like and uh you have uh your own car with four doors so that you can drive for this job right i'll be like no actually i only have two doors and they'll be like great uh that's perfect we think you're a great fit it's like wait a second and i i have i hate to admit that i've fallen for 
it a little bit because I like want to believe that it's something real. I'm amazed that you've made it so far into this phone conversation already. <laughs> and pr- but continue. And pretty, pretty frequently at that point is when I, to my own embarrassment, I'm like, yeah, this is a freaking robocall and they'll hang yeah. up. But I just know that at least a few of those were probably real people that they said something just a little bit fishy and I just hung up. No. And those poor people probably were like, Oh, oh man, another person hung up on me. But I don't know. Even I, if they were real people, I'm sure that they were still on a mission to scam you. Most likely, I'm sure. But like, I don't know. I just feel bad a little bit because there's probably been some real people that I've just straight up hung up on. But also, I don't feel bad even a little bit because at this point, the robo calls are so out of control Terrible. that I just never answer my phone if it's not a number I already have. I've had, I have no remorse. Like, I'm just a horrible person. I, so I don't even like, uh, if it's not from an area code that I have lived in before, I will not answer. I absolutely will not answer. I almost, I answer probably 5% of the phone calls I ever get. <laughs> uh if um if if you're not in my contacts list like if it's just a number i'm almost certainly not answering it like hey welcome to 2019 just text me or leave a voicemail like if you don't if you call <laughs> me i'm not going to pick up and if you don't leave a voicemail you will never hear from me again from as long as you live voicemail <laughs> is is mandatory but even the like area code only policy i'm sure i mean you kind of hinted at it earlier too but these bots are now spoofing your area code. Like they just, they yeah. get like, you'll have area code and then 952 for the middle three numbers and then like 1442 and you, you like get that, it's a robocall. Then next thing you know, next week, numbers the exact same except 1443 or something. It's like they mm-hmm. just, I don't know how, how phone numbers work at all. Does, I don't know if anybody does, but somehow I have no idea. they just like, <laughs> manage to get a hold of a sequence of phone numbers from your area code and call you over and it is always something so ridiculous as like your car warranty is out of date or something which yeah of course my car's 10 years old (laughs) yeah it's it's ridiculous and i (laughs) the other thing that you brought up about going to voicemail kind of reminds me that my justification is always that Oh, if they actually care, they'll leave a voicemail. But now that I think about it, I don't think I've updated my voicemail since like high school. So I'm sure it's just some dumb voice like, "Hey, hey, hey, you've reached <laughs> Paul. Uh, leave a message." And th- then if it actually is something important, I am pretty confident that they're like, well, "This is a dumb sounding kid. I'm not gonna leave him a message." And then I'd probably never get it. Hey guys, you've reached a Zach's phone. Um, <laughs> please leave a message at the beep. Yeah, I was actually really paranoid about that same exact thing for a while because I set up my voicemail box when I first got a phone the summer before ninth grade. (laughs) And then I never, ever, ever, ever set it up ever again. Uh, So I kind of existed in the state of terror for a really long time about (laughs) having that voice be my voicemail. Meanwhile, while I was working like uh, professional jobs like over the summer as an intern or something. But um, for whatever reason, it my voicemail box reset at some point because I suddenly had a revelation that it's really not that hard to confirm or deny if that's the case. So I just had the person next to me, like a dinner or whatever, call my phone and I just didn't answer. And they're like, yeah, your, voice, your voicemail is just a robot. So <laughs> with that out of the way, 
like I have no problem letting one robot talk to another, you know, but if you're go- if you need to get a hold of me and you're a real human being, you better be leaving a voicemail. Yeah, seriously. It's it's funny now that I I've deep, diving deep into the deep recesses of my brain. It just dawned on me. I did update my voicemail at some point a few years ago in college. And I don't know why, but the time that I felt compelled to update it from my like ninth grade high pitched squealing was I was walking outside between classes and it was like (laughs) in a wind tunnel area between buildings. And I literally at some point, like I think right after I recorded, listen, and I'm like yelling over the wind and it's like the, the bass is like, like because like you can hear the wind and i literally was like yeah that's fine and now i've had that for like four years so it makes you sound adventurous you should have said something like i'm sorry i'm on the safari right now or like i'm going down the nile in a steamboat i'll have to call you back or something please leave a message i'll get back when i return to the united states in a year or something like that I, i should have done that uh <laughs> well there's still time just go out there in front of a windy building and re-record your voicemail for the first time since in four years yeah that's so you're right but this is still distracting from the point that i hate robocalls and oh yeah well we, my life. yeah we got way off there <laughs> i hadn't even I, I didn't even catch it i'm glad you're on top of things yeah uh so the way these things work to my understanding is they like have you ever gotten a phone call from an unknown number, you pick it up and you're like, hello? And then click. They just hang up immediately. Has that ever yes. happened to you? Yeah, it's definitely happened to me. Uh, probably every now and then, that's just like <laughs> somebody who doesn't have the decency to say, oh, my bad, wrong number. And either out of like pure social anxiety, panic, or just rudeness, they're like, all right. And they hang <laughs> up without even saying a word. But I, it's my understanding that a lot of times those like empty calls that immediately hang up they're just like a a robot confirming whether or not a human being is on the other end of the phone and then once you do answer and say hello in a human voice that bot marks your phone number as owned by a real person and an individual and not a company or something and then they like sell your number to telemarketers wow that yeah that never crossed my mind i just kind of assumed that that was uh a setup for like the first scene in a horror movie about my life recapping how I eventually died in the early signs that it was going to happen. But uh, I mean, being contacted by a telemarketer and answering the phone and then like going through a full conversation about them offering you a job until you get to the point where they <laughs> ask about your car and they give a fishy answer already is a nightmare scenario, Paul. You're already living in hell. <laughs> that you, you make a good point, And I, I already am the character in the movie where people at the movie theater are like, like, this is unrealistic. No one would actually believe this is a real person for that long and carry this on. Like, what a, what a crappy script. Are you are you just lonely, Paul? Do you just need somebody to talk to? Is that what it is? Because, I, I mean, I don't blame you. That's understandable. M- maybe a little bit. I, yeah. I, I think <laughs> subconsciously I always – it's just the kindred loneliness of like, maybe this person is also calling me because they're lonely. And then I just try to carry on a conversation, but that's it's, very it's sweet. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's good to talk to you, a real person on the phone right now. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if in a few moments you asked me a fishy question with a fish. She response to my answer and maybe I'll need to hang up here pretty soon. 
No, nothing fishy is going on at all. But if you don't mind, I'm going to switch to my rant, which is uh, addresses. They're really weird, right? Do you mind giving me your address or maybe your social security number? I just hate them so much. Please give them to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that to you right now. Is, is that actually your topic? Because I have no idea. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but we, we are more than welcome to transition to my topic, if I might, may say so. If you yeah, are please done go ahead. with your I, phone rant. My, my rage has not subsided, but it's not going to because I already know that I'm going to get more of these calls tomorrow and I'm still going to answer them and still be disappointed. So The key is uh, really, well, I guess it's, it's different for you. I don't expect to get work-related phone calls on my cell phone, so I have the luxury of just straight up not answering if I don't want to. <laughs> um, but, I mean, truthfully, for people out there who are struggling with this, two things. Uh, if you don't answer and this is like legitimate advice, they can't confirm whether or not you are a human on the other end of the phone, so they you will get less robocalls uh, mm. if if they don't have that confirmed. Second, uh, I actually, like, I did this a long time ago. I, I don't know why. This is some, like, leftover, like, grandfathered policy from, like, probably 1993 or something, but the National Do Not Call Registry, I've, like, I registered my phone number on that, I don't know the website. It's like some legitimate government program. And I really have gotten like much fewer spam calls because of, because of that. So I don't know, maybe maybe try that out. Yeah. It's I'm, I was amazed, but it did work for me at least. So. Wow. Something useful came out of this podcast. Yeah. The thing (laughs) it's for the first and last time. The thing is though, is like when you do that, it means legitimate businesses that would contact you via phone for marketing purposes will no longer do so to avoid breaking the law. But now you know that everyone who's calling you that shouldn't be is not legitimate. They're just some someone trying to scam you. They're already operating outside of the law, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, okay, anyway, that was... I had to get the legitimate advice out, out of the way. Are you ready to move on to, to what I have to say? Yes, I'm ready to stop just being angry about something that I can't change. Well, don't get too ready because you're <laughs> about to, hopefully, if, if I'm convincing enough, you're going to stay in that emotional state. Uh, mine should be pretty quick, but it's something that, like, I don't know how often this happens to you. Do you ever get mad enough to, like, be alone, like, in your house or something, but something makes you so mad that you, like, audibly get angry and argumentative with an inanimate object yeah i think that's happened to me before happens to me fairly frequently the device that makes me the angriest to this degree is my microwave um and and it's this one in particular is especially bad because the beeping on my microwave is an exact mimic of the beeping on my alarm clock (laughs) so it's already just such a harsh noise to my brain just so intrusive but all microwaves, I feel like, suffer from this. All modern microwaves. I'll put something in a microwave, and I'll heat it up, and then I'm doing something else, right? I'm, I'm in the kitchen. I'm cooking. I'm trying to do all my ingredients and stuff and sides and everything at one time, at the same time, so it's all ready and hot simultaneously. Yeah. So I'm, like, multitasking in the kitchen, right? I've got something in the microwave. I've, I've set the timer, and I'm over here stirring a pot or something. And then the microwave goes off, but I'm not quite ready to get what I need out of the microwave yet. I'm still working over here on this part of the kitchen. So I'm, I'm staying, but then the microwave continues to like give like a couple beeps every now and then, just every like 30 <laughs> seconds to let you know that what's in the microwave is cooked. 
Like, I know the microwave is done. I, I do you think I'm going to forget that there's food in there. There is no reality in, in which I forget that I have something in the microwave warm and ready for me to eat. Why would I ever lose sight of that? But this microwave continues to just blare in my ear that there is something ready for me to remove. I know that. And it makes me so angry, obviously. But yeah, I, I does your microwave do this? Because I think most of the ones I've used do have this quote unquote feature. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my microwave does. I, so that almost never happens to me because I have this weird obsession with whenever the microwave is going, I, I keep checking to see how long. And then once it's around like 15 seconds, I just kind of hovered near it. And I just like, I, for some reason, I hate the noise that it makes when it's done even just the initial done one to where I always open it before it finishes at like one or two seconds. I don't, I don't even really know why, but like I'm bothered enough by the noise that I just preempted enough that I won't even let it do the done beep. I'll be like, yeah, I know it's done and like pull it open. I like can't even like, I, I should be comfortable with just leaving things in there, but I actually like somehow get frustrated enough by any noise alerting me that's done, even though that's completely rational and there's no reason that i should be uh, like like that's a norm it's good that microwaves let us know initially when they're done but for some reason i just obsessively will be like oh there's five seconds left and like go up to it and stare at it and once it gets to one then pull it open it's because it well it makes you feel like a bomb technician (laughs) a little bit yeah It, it makes you feel like you're on the bomb squad which is of course why we do that i do the same thing too but like if i'm busy and i can't just stare at the digital numbers counting down uh, I just get like an ear blast of alarm clock noise. It's unbearable. I don't know why that's a feature. That's really, how many people do you think have ever left something in the microwave? <laughs> it's a great question. I know I haven't because even if like, it, this isn't a matter of like relatable Twitter content of like, OMG, I love food. Like food, food is my favorite. Food is my life. No, it's just a simple fact of why would I be heating up food in the first place in the microwave, the quickest of all food heating options, if I wasn't prepared to immediately remove and then eat it? I guess not immediately remove because the microwave has to remind me when it's still in there. Yeah, but um, it's funny. I feel like there exist certain food items that require being microwaved for literally like 45 or 50 minutes. And so I guess in that case, it's long enough that you might like go to the other room and forget about it. But like, uh, first of all, I don't know. I want to say that there's like chicken pot pies that you can microwave for like an hour. And at that point, like just put it in the oven. Yeah. Come on. All all convenience of a microwave has been completely lost by this ridiculously long (laughs) session. That's an excellent point. (laughs) That is a really, really, I've never thought of that. If, if I'm getting something out of the freezer to eat as quickly as possible, I will almost always choose the, the oven option, which isn't exactly a hot take by any stretch. But yeah, you're right. An hour long, 45 minute long microwave meal, you're not really gaining anything from that, are you? Just worse quality food for the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the in terms of the beeping, I think even worse to me than the reminder beep is microwaves that don't stop beeping when you open them that 
most like higher end models maybe they have five beeps once done and if you open on beep two it it'll stop and not continue beeping but there are some microwaves where you'll open the door and it'll continue to beep and i don't know why but that just throws me into a rage to where i just like am fed up i i it's like why are you still beeping i got i got it out it can't be that hard but i <laughs> i have not experienced this uh but i'm sure it exists I guess because you, you're typically the person to, like you said, uh, bomb squad in microwave. <laughs> I'm usually letting the timer run out. So I haven't I haven't uh, been exposed to this problem. But it's all in all, I wish you could customize, like, I say like way too much. Um, I'm going to have to really see a ther- speech therapist about that or something. But uh, why? Wow, I completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? What were we talking about at all? I wish you could customize the microwave to like play a track when this the food is done rotating it would be like an alarm clock where if you set a song to be your alarm to wake you up every morning you eventually end up hating that song and cringing into your own neck every time it comes (laughs) on the radio but the opposite where you have like the positive pavlovian response where i mispronounced that horribly of uh like oh man I, i love this song I have this song sit to my microwave. Is anyone else super hungry right now? Like I could really go for some five guys right now. I think we should, uh, maybe we should look into that. We should do a little Bluetooth microwave action. I think, I think you're right. I think that's a great idea. I'm sure that's been invented. I mean, they already have like ovens that you can turn on with your phone and stuff. doesn't really sound, uh, especially safe to me, but <laughs> there you go. Well, that's all. I mean, we kind of stretched that out even longer than I thought we could, but, uh, that's about all I have to say about that. Anything anything more from you? That's ba- I'm just going to throw in a random complaint, which is that the microwave at the office where I work only lets you microwave things in increments of 1 minute. You can't specify a specific time and I I don't even, not that I even need to specify a time, That's but for some horrible. reason that just angers me. I just wanted to share that. Well, actually my microwave strategy is I'll do like for some reason, 35 seconds is like my mainstay. I don't know why. <laughs> I do 35, take it out, mix it up, put it back in, 35, take it out, mix it up, put it back in, 35. I'm, I'm like cycling four microwave cycles before the thing <laughs> is completely hot and ready to eat for me. I So if something specifies an amount to microwave, then I'll usually like follow directions. I'm, I'm someone who, for whatever reason, like really, really follows directions on those kinds of things. But if I'm just like reheating something... I have no rhyme or reason. I'll like be like, I think this is around 40 seconds type of four. I'd be like, well, maybe a little more. So then I'll go like four, three and do 43 seconds. For me, it's like different every time. And I act like I'm some master chef who can just feel the exact amount of seconds that this food needs to be the, the prime heat. And I take an unreasonable amount of pride when like, I do the specific amount and then pull it out at the end. It's like, oh, this is perfectly hot. And I act like I've <laughs> accomplished something useful with my day uh, when that occurs. I know people that, and as a matter of efficiency, their microwave times are always the same number back to back. So if something on the microwave package says 30 seconds, they're hitting 33 seconds. Or if they're like, eh, I should probably eat this up for 45 seconds. They're hitting 44 seconds. <laughs> like, wh- how much time are you saving? How busy are you that, that the amount of time it takes for you to move your index finger from four to five is too much for your day? 
You do not have time for that action. There are several people unrelated that I have met that do that. <laughs> I, I don't get that, but whatever. I, I cannot strive to be that level of efficient or busy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I, moving I, on. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's finally get past that one onto the random rant. Um we are running really low on random rant topics. So I actually uh, have a call to action mm. for all five of you out there, hopefully six by the end of this week. Mm. Uh I would love it if uh we got some of the people who listen to the show to send random topics in. Um one restriction is they got to be appropriate. I don't want any downers. Like I don't want to have to like rant about um, like poverty or something. Like that's that's <laughs> like really lame. Nobody wants to listen to that. But yeah, something appropriate. No downers. Um, you can actually email your topic ideas if you have any for the random rant list to notallbadshow at gmail dot com. Don't forget the show. Uh, I have said in the past it's time to come clean. There's been once or twice in past episodes where I called it not all bad at gmail.com. That is incorrect. It is not all bad show at gmail.com. Just put random rant idea as the subject line, nothing else, just that those three words. Random rant idea. And then write your topic in the body of the email and, and I'll file it automatically into uh, some email folder and uh, get somebody else to put together the list. So let me assure you that uh, to this episode, Neither Paul nor I have ever read a random rant topic before reading it on the show, and we're going to continue to do so. So even when you send them in via email, we'll uh, figure out a way to get that to our eyes for the first time ever on the show live. So yeah, don't sweat that. But yeah, uh, if you got any ideas, we would love to have them kind of mix up the list a little bit, and that'd be greatly appreciated. Also, if something, I guess... A good way to think of stuff to send us is if whatever's made you mad recently. We'd be happy to happy to rant on it on your behalf. But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get that random number. I have a feeling we've done two. Starbucks? Can't remember. That might have been one I've done myself. Is it? Do you know? I have no idea. For some reason it sounds familiar, but I really don't know. <laughs> uh whatever let's do it screw it all right starbucks i don't like coffee you a coffee drinker i am a coffee drinker uh it, an unrelated complaint to starbucks is that i used to be i used i really do like coffee and i used to be able to drink like three or four cups a day and i like in my head made fun of people who were like coffee keeps or caffeine keeps me up at night uh, and then something shifted, and now I can only afford like one cup a day in the morning, or I'll be up all night. But yeah, <laughs> I do drink a lot of coffee. You're getting old. <laughs> I guess so. that's interesting. Yeah, I I, uh, I have never liked coffee. I'm not a coffee fan. Um, but there's a lot of people. Well, obviously, like it's a really common thing to have in the workplace. But there's people who are like addicted to it, which again is not particularly surprising. There's a guy that I worked with trying to accelerate to the hyperbole that I'm actually referring to here. There's a guy that I worked with a couple summers ago who would get a cup of coffee as soon as he stepped into the office in the morning. And then he would drink that cup of coffee at an average pace. And then he would go get another one, which it sounds normal, 
But now imagine that for the entire nine-hour workday, this guy was getting a cup of coffee immediately after finishing the first one. That's like 14 cups of coffee, the way this guy was putting them back by the end of the day. <laughs> how bad is your caffeine addiction, bro? Like, how That's tired insane. are you? I mean, what I've personally found is that at a certain point with caffeine, and the threshold seems to be just getting lower and lower for me, at a certain point, it just makes me like anxious. And so the idea of having that much coffee already just makes me feel just physically uncomfortable. But that's just absurd. How bad are your bowel movements? That like everything that you consume on a daily basis is completely dwarfed by the amount of coffee you put into your body. It sounds like it's probably a, a pretty dire situation. It's obsessive. It's a bit much, but whatever. It's not me, so good luck to that guy. I don't know where he is now. Maybe dead. So... I have a pr- what I would consider a pretty neutral feeling towards Starbucks overall. I-, I kind of what I like about Starbucks is that they are consistent to where no matter where you go, if you if you get like your order, then like anywhere you go, like in the country, arguably in the world, you can go there and order that exact thing. And I appreciate how specific they can be. So like for me, I like an iced coffee with only a certain amount of pumps of flavoring and sometimes like a shot of espresso. And so then it's like, I appreciate that I can be that specific and know that it's going to be made the exact same way everywhere. How do you, how do you determine how many pumps is the correct amount? Do you like, did you watch the barista for the first 50 times you went into Starbucks and ordered a nice coffee? (laughs) And then you were like, you had, did you have a log you recorded? "Mm, Like this was a one pump too many today, a little too much flavoring. And the next time you order one less and you're like, well, maybe that's a little too less. Let's do, uh, how about three and a half pumps this time? Which that may be way too much or way too little flavor. I have no idea, but. At at some point I discovered that they have a set amount of pumps that they do based on the size that you order. And I am someone who I am in no way healthy, but when I consume unhealthy things, sometimes I look for ways to make them slightly more healthy. So at Starbucks, I think with like a grande iced coffee, they'll do four pumps of flavoring and the default amount of pumps at Starbucks is like very sweet. And so at some point I just discovered that I'll, I'll do like half as I'll request like half as many pumps as they do. I I just, at some point I I built up the courage to just ask the person to register because for some reason I needed courage to do this to just be like, I would too. Hey, yeah. Like how many pumps of flavoring do you like put? And then they like told me, I was like, okay, can you put like two fewer than that? And so, and so for me, that's eventually how I figured it out. And then like, that's kind of why I appreciate them. But then what I was going to get into is that my very specific complaint about Starbucks is that I like a lot of their like riffs off of, co- so like basic coffee is you drip hot water through coffee grounds, and you get coffee. And then like, there's a bunch what? of plays on, <laughs> there's a bunch of plays on that with like espresso or with like, cold brew like there's all these different ways okay, you can well make i was it. sarcastic but i don't know what any of those two are either so <laughs> i take i take my sarcasm back maybe i do need an explanation on what coffee is at this point like cold brew or it just sounds like iced coffee to me anyway cold continue. cold brew to make a brief description okay, go is ahead and like, instead of putting hot water through the grounds they like put the grounds in cold water 
and you have to like let it sit there for like 24 hours mm, okay. and i i guess it makes some sort of different flavor anyways that's completely unimportant Good to know. i'll save that for our starbucks or coffee themed episode that we'll do one inevitably day. um <laughs> and so um my chief complaint with starbucks is i like a lot of their specialty drinks or like different flavored special drinks but i think their basic coffee is so thoroughly mediocre that it really frustrates me that for something that should be the staple of a coffee shop just normal hot coffee like brewed coffee like starbucks hot coffee is like one of my least favorite coffees like i'd rather get hot coffee from just about anywhere else and so that's what's kind of bizarre is that That is weird i i actually like a lot of different starbucks drinks but um for some reason they're just normal hot coffee in my view is just kind of garbage i've heard a lot of people say that though how do you establish yourself as the nation's premier coffee providing chain rivaled by dunkin donuts probably when your coffee's bad how do you get to that point so i have i actually have my own theory on that a little bit which is that me (laughs) so starbucks came out and what I, I, first of all, I'm acting like S- Starbucks was some new niche thing when I was a kid and started going there with my mom <laughs> took me or something. I'm sure it's been around for very long and I just happened to have been introduced to it and I thought it was something like unique and new. But my thought on it is that Starbucks early on has all these things on the menu that they almost act like they're versions of coffee drinks. Like they call it like a Frappuccino or things like that. And most frappuccinos don't even have coffee. Yes. They're just like I know that chopped up ice and like sugar. Coffee, so those are what I drink when I go to Starbucks. And so I kind of feel like people start going to Starbucks and being like, oh, there's this fancy coffee drink called a frappuccino. Like, I'll get that. And they drink and they're like, wow, this is the best coffee I've ever had. And they excellent. keep going there. It's so but not bitter. They're, they're, they're basically having what, what, what a frappuccino basically is, is a mediocre milkshake. It's like a normal true. milkshake is much better than a frappuccino definitely and a frappuccino is just like they have different flavors and some of them like they'll say have a coffee base but i feel like the coffee is such a minuscule part that's like basically negligible right they're basically like an unexciting milkshake that you're getting from a coffee shop and so you feel like you're getting coffee or you're not like going out for a dessert you're just getting your version of coffee and i feel like that's kind of what in my opinion, hooked people is they basically would serve dessert drinks like ice cream, basically. And then people are like, wow, I love coffee. I didn't realize I liked coffee. And they're just drinking a crappy milkshake. That's a great theory. I, I, that I'm fully on board now. I believe in this theory. Um, God, what was I going to say? I had something way back there that I was going to comment on, but I got so lost in the, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can we just have a spinoff podcast where you explain to me the ingredients and production process of different beverages? Because you, you hit like three or four of this one segment alone, and I got to say I liked it. Yeah, I'll happily do that. Great. Yeah. it's uh, a great idea. I, you, I'm glad that you are able to take the charge on this one because I really don't have much to say on the idea of coffee. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny because there's you know a whole class of people – that are lampooned on the internet because it's like Facebook moms and stuff via minion memes, 
minion <laughs> memes that are always like, gotta have my coffee in the morning, or like I'm a I'm a loathsome bitch without my coffee in the morning, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but speaking as one, I, there's another end of the spectrum where there are people who are just annoying. Again, speaking as one who just constantly brag about how they don't drink coffee. That's like phenomenal <laughs> that you don't need the caffeine intake in the morning. Uh, congratulations. Could you please remind me every time you see me get a cup of coffee? I would really like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you're right that both ends of the spectrum, there are pretty equally annoying people in that there's like there's the people that will wear like shirts or decorate their kitchen with things that say like, but first, coffee. Oh my God. it's like, it's like, okay. Or like, don't talk to me before my coffee or like mugs that have like levels of like, like at went to the top. It's like, don't talk to <laughs> yeah. me. If you don't want a bitch. And then like you go one step down. It's like, I'm going to make sarcastic comments. And then like one level lower, it's like getting ready for my second cup. It's like, wow, that's really a strong part of your personality. It's always like, uh, uh, it's like Garfield too. It's like a grumpy Garfield in his bed with a, with a <laughs> cup of Joe and the speech bubble says something like, uh, if, if you talk to me before I've, I've had this, uh, in my belly, I'm going to murder your children. You <laughs> idiot, you moronic bitch or something like that. I love how Garfield's the, like Garfield, the minions are the new Garfield. Minions are the new Garfield. Welcome to the 21st century. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. It's a great point and almost worthy of, I almost feel like at some point we should talk about minions as their own separate thing. You know we're going to have to. We'll have to, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. But uh, in the meantime, I say that we talk about something that's uh, a little more on the bright side. Yeah. I guess I'll start off because you took charge on the prepared rant, so I'll go ahead and go first here. Okay. What I have to talk about, this is my role on the show. I come on, I say, hi, welcome to Not All Bad, the show where we have a positive rant and a negative rant, and then every time, inevitably, one of those two, I'll say, well, this isn't positive, or this isn't negative, or a rant, but here's something I want to talk about anyway. That's always what I do. I never stick to the theme of the show, and uh, once again, I'm doing it today. I have a positive rant about something it's, it's, it most certainly is a rant uh, and in in my opinion it's very positive but it's not the typical fashion i'm here to talk today okay. about uh, a man named james hard uh h-a-r-d is his last name james hard was a civil war veteran he fought in the civil war on the the good side which is uh hopefully you can put together that that's the north <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pause. I was like, Oh, where's that yeah. going to go with this one? Yeah. He fought for the union, uh, the boys in blue. James hard was a combat veteran. So he wasn't like a, a drummer boy. He actually fought, uh, with weapons and stuff in the war, killed people. He was born in, uh, either 1841 or 1843. There's a discrepancy in between what he thinks is his birthday and what the census shows. Interesting. But he, he, so he was born in the 1840s. He like literally fought in the Civil War and he lived a very, very long time. James Hard died in 1953. 
aged about 111. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Which is incredible. That is the entire premise of this rant. So I I love history, uh, which I've talked about before. I'm not by any means, like, I'm not smart. I don't know a lot of historical facts, but I still find it extremely interesting. And I love to read, like, little things here and there on the internet about it. And I came across this guy um, and, and looked him up on Wikipedia. And there's really not a lot to say about him. But this guy lived to be 111, dying in 1953. And this blew my mind because having, like... You got to remember, he fought in the Civil War. He wasn't born during the Civil War. So he was like a full-grown man in the Civil War. Uh, meaning that when he was born, like this is this is a list of major stuff that he experienced in his lifetime. Like things that happened when he was alive. The invention of the telegraph, the Irish potato famine, Charles Darwin did his thing. Obviously, he <laughs> fought in the Civil War. Slavery was abolished. So when he was born... Slavery still had 20 years left in the United States of America. Like, he was born 20 years before the end of slavery. He saw the first transcontinental ra- railway, uh, Thomas Edison, and, and all that stuff. World War I, uh, then Russia got flipped to communism. The Great Depression, World War II, and then he saw the atomic bomb. Like, he knew about the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in World War II with weapons of mass destruction. And uh, on a little bit of a lighter note, uh, by the time he died, Elvis Presley had already recorded his uh, first song as a 13-year-old boy. So imagine this guy's perspective on life. This is mind-blowing to me. The fact that he was born in the 40s of the 1840s yeah. and saw all of this stuff happen in his life culminating in the atomic bomb. And he almost made it long enough to see the first ever satellite and kick off the space race. Like That is the time of life where... I can't imagine having seen such a transition. Even later, yeah. even if someone who was born like in World War One or something and lived in, until uh, the seventies, like that transition to me is still less impressive than the transition from literally slavery to the atomic bomb. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and and even outside of the wars, just the technology in my head is a lot. Just that, like. When he started, <coughs> excuse me, when he was alive, like initially, there would have been no cars or planes. Like people would have still been riding like horses around or whatever animals. People were still then. riding horses around for like the next 50 years before <laughs> yeah. and like, then, of his life. And the US was like half the size that it is now. Yeah. And like, that's true. Just, just. I feel like the way that people were between 1850 and 1950 is just significantly different. I would <laughs> say so, like, yeah. So he experienced like the Civil War, and then he like watched like new states being added and the car and the airplane being invented, and then then he lived through World War One. He's like, wow, th- this war is pretty different. And then he decided to stick around long enough that he's like, wow, there's a second one of these. Yeah, yeah. And there was a second World War. And he saw the conclusion of that as well. Yeah, the, that's the, the most, end that's of, one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. Some certain people in the audience of this show know better than to get me started on World War One, which, in my opinion, is the most fascinating period in human history or the history of anything ever, and is the most significant event to have ever happened to people. 
So I won't get off onto that huge tangent, but that alone, living through those four years alone is enough to see a dramatic change in life, much less the 50 years on either side of that. I, I mean, when he was a kid, he was probably having fun by like hitting a rock with a stick. And by the time he was like in the last 10 years of his life, heck, by the time he was like 60 or 70, there was like televisions and radio like he was alive long enough to be like the radios i don't know when the radio was invented but i'm assuming it was after the civil war and he was was, like wow it was (laughs) correct assumption (laughs) he was like wow this radio thing's pretty cool and then he stuck around and like he was probably like this new fangled technology is changing everything and then he was still kicking around long enough to be like wow i can see these people talking now Sorry, I'm just having a lot of thoughts about this. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I so I don't, this is the kind of thing where I'm just basically using this as a platform to shout to people. And I expect that anyone listening to this is not going to care whatsoever. But that is really like the positive rant is supposed to be something that you're passionate about or that you liked, or something that made you happy. And this very much is something I'm passionate about and something that makes me very happy. I think this is just beyond cool. Um, and I wanted to. Shout it out to the world. So yeah, James Hard, Civil War veteran. Yeah, I, one more thing with another timeline thing that I just feel the need to add. He was he was alive and drinking for like sixty years of his life, and then <laughs> I know this. And is then going. prohibition happened, and he was like, y- "Y'all are taking this away from me. Like I've I've lived through two wars." And then he was alive long enough for them to be like, nah, that was a dumb idea. And then they brought alcohol. Ba- like, there's just so many things like that that he saw, at, like, before, during, and after of. That's really bizarre. Right. I mean, it just in terms of, like, conflict, he lived through, uh, this is major, like, not minor conflicts, major engagements the U.S. was involved in. Civil War, Mexican-American War, Spanish-American War. Um, and then uh, World War One, World War Two, and the Korean War. Like he lived through all, all of those. And then uh, you could throw Cold War, at least a uh, part of the Cold War, in there if you really wanted to to really stretch that metaphor out. Just incredible. Yeah. Uh, something that I thought was um, something that, like, no joke, dominated my thoughts for days and days after learning about this man, and. Uh, did at least have a small permanent effect on my perspective on life, which these things always tend to do for me. So uh, again, just some, something I thought was really cool. Um, and, and then I wanted to uh, kind of uh, demonstrate my passion about for a little bit, but that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm, I'm sure I will be thinking about this for days to come, but that's also all I have to say. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Go right ahead. then. Sweet. Yeah, so um, my topic is slightly less mind-blowing, <laughs> but I just wanted to bring up that I really like getting my hair cut. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and this may seem like the dumbest topic, but I am <laughs> unreasonably excited about it. That I'm, here for, I'm so here for it. I would like to spent, hear what you say. So I spent a lot of my life hating getting my haircut. I don't me know too. why. Me too. Oh my God, me too. I, I For a lot, like probably through from, I don't, I don't know, when I was younger, my parents just like, were like, we're not paying for you to get a, 
haircut and they just like my dad would just like take me in my parents bathroom and shave my head and so i just had a buzz cut no wonder you hate for a long time (laughs) but then even after that at some point my parent i was like i decided i was like man i I want long hair that's pretty cool uh and that unfortunately coincided in uh, middle school with uh when justin bieber was coming about and so so everyone was like oh you you really really like that justin bieber hair no i don't stop it guys (laughs) stop it <laughs> exactly and so it just frustrated me to no end and there was a period of time i recently i looked at a picture of myself freshman year of high school i have a picture of me playing basketball and like people like joke about like if you remember like coconut head like whatever haircut he had where it's like it looks like a coconut my hair basically like i was close <laughs> to having like it's like shoulder length and just like poofed out i didn't nice. do anything with it nice but anyways my point being i don't know why but i was really attached to that and just hated getting it cut and then at some point probably once i was in college i don't know i just started to like getting my hair cut and now it's like i do it about once a month and i look forward to it i have to like tell myself like two weeks after I've got my haircut, I'm like, man, I kind of want a haircut. Like, no, Paul, like you don't need to spend another like 20 or $30 to go get your haircut again. Like it looks fine. But there's just something about like it like interrupts a day, like once a month. And I go and just get to sit and have someone like chop off hair. And then it, I just feel cleaner afterwards. Yeah, I feel that for and, sure. And I, I don't know what it is. And part of it, I think, is that now I have shorter hair. And so I'm used to short, at least on the sides. And so I'm used to having short hair. And so once it grows for just like a few weeks, it's like doubled or tripled in length since it is so short. And so then I just like really look forward to a haircut. And it's just a moment to like an excuse to go and sit and do nothing while someone just like puts something that buzzes against your head. And I don't know why. But I just really thoroughly enjoy it. And also the other part about it is that so for no other reason than that I have not figured out where else to get my haircut, I just go to sports clips. Oh. And <laughs> Oh Paul. I I don't even think it's good, but for some reason I keep going there because I don't know where else to go. And they have like they'll like wash your hair. And at some point I realize it only costs like three dollars more. And I feel like I'm getting like some special spa treatment by the fact that I'm having someone else wash my hair. Nice, you're treating yourself. And, and I don't know why, I just get un- just ridiculously excited to be to like sit and sometimes talk to them, sometimes be annoyed that they're talking to me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But then just like have someone wash my hair. It, it's funny because I don't even necessarily think I look that much better after a haircut. I just for some reason have this attachment and excitement. It's like, oh, I, this is the, like it's been a month, like I get to go get my hair cut. And I don't know. That's, That's <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I also inexplicably used to hate getting my hair cut so much as a kid. I don't know why. I used to throw a huge fit every time I had to go. Um, I had the opposite issue of I wanted to grow my hair long, and my parents wouldn't let me. So I was always upset when I did get it cut. Uh, I guess for the sake, we were both upset, but like I wasn't ever <laughs> allowed to get it long in the first place. <laughs> which I'm now thankful for, but at the time I did not understand. Um, and and th- yeah, at some point just some transition happened and it clicked. And then all of a sudden I liked getting my haircut. And I think a lot of it was like starting to make my own decisions on, and going to the haircut place myself and like telling them what I wanted myself and going to a good barber and getting a good haircut and feeling 
better and handsomer afterwards. That was probably a big factor in their transition. Mm-hmm. But uh, the key is, so I went to sports clips one time because uh, when I got to a and I had finally stopped going to the same person who had been cutting my hair for years and I didn't know what to do or how to find a new person. I didn't even know how to ask for what I wanted. Uh, so I went to sports clips uh, in College Station when I first got there because just made sense uh, to me, who someone who didn't have a connection. But then I got the worst haircut of my life ever. <laughs> you could see the layers in my hair. Like there were ledges of hair. It was unbearably bad. So I swore that off forever. And uh, <laughs> the key, in my opinion, I tried this in College Station and it worked. And I have recently tried it now that I've moved to McKinney. And it seems to work pretty well too. Is that I just look up Barber on Google Maps or whatever in the area and I find one that has the red, white, and blue barber pole out front (laughs) because I've learned that like old barbers are the best at cutting hair. So the older your bar, I almost said bartender, the older your barber is, the better haircuts they give. I just repeated myself again, but it's important, right? That's the key. Go to the oldest person, go to the person with the unsteadiest hands that looks like they have Parkinson's because they will give you the best haircut, I swear to God. That that has always been true in my case at least. So I always find the old the oldest old fashioned barbershops I possibly can find and I've never been let down. It's an interesting way of putting you know it's funny. I almost feel like there's a certain curve <clears throat> with barbers of I think to some extent when they're really young and almost fresh out of beauty school or whatever it's called they have a certain excitement about what they're doing that they pay they like add a lot of detail to each haircut (laughs) yeah a lot of personal but then yes but then i think once they've been in it for like i don't know how many years there's a certain amount of burnout to where if you're getting someone in that middle age range they're just like i don't care about cutting hair anymore this is just a job and then they they just in fact as much as i am talking about how much i love barber like getting my haircuts um my experience at fort worth has been that so sports clips you can specify a certain person to cut your hair or you can do a random and as much as i am saying i like it i've also been extremely frustrated the past several months in a row (laughs) because there's this one girl who cut it I was like, oh, that wasn't very good. Like, I hope I don't get her next time. And, and then I got her like four do. times in a row. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> and every single time she was like, hey, welcome to Sports Clips. Like, is this your first time here? I was like, I've had you four yeah. times in a row. <laughs> it's not my first time here. I've gotten a bad haircut from you the last four times I've been here. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> that is. And, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. But it's funny. As, as excited, I think the reason I'm excited is because I got my haircut a few days ago. I finally got someone else at that sports uh-huh. books, and they did a great job. You're really right. And that I enjoyed high. it. But but the past like four months, my haircut's been okay. But I have hated the person who cut it so much oh, that this man. easily could have been a negative rant if I did this a month ago. <laughs> I love that because as as many people as they rotate through that, that's the unfortunate thing about a place like a sports clips is that like. It's, there's a certain level of uncertainty. But my uh, the point I was about to get to, though, is that I think certain people that are fresh out of beauty school are really excited about th- what they're doing, just got tired to do it to where they have a certain level of skill, you assume. 
And so they do, they're detailed and do a good job. And I think there's a lot of them in the middle range that like, they lose the passion for the art and then they're just like going through the motions and they, you, you tell them a certain thing. They don't, they don't give a shit. They're just doing whatever they want to do that day. Right. But then you get to the people who are older and work at those like spinning red, white, and blue the things. The career barbers. The career barbers yeah. that have been doing it for so long that you know that they could have gone and done something else if they hated it, but they stuck with it enough that you can be rest assured that they take some sort of extreme enjoyment out of what they're doing. Really is an inverse bell curve. That's a good point. So I always try to find like literally the oldest person I can find <laughs> to cut my hair. It's, it's never let me down. That's another thing, though. You bring up the sports clips. This is already the longest episode we've ever done, but whatever. Get over it. <laughs> For sure. Uh, that's the thing. You bring up the sports clips like randomness. I enjoy getting my hair cut now, but I my full fully embracing the experience as you have is still held back from my grasp personally for me because I still get a little bit nervous about asking what I want because I'm not exactly sure how to phrase it. And I feel like each barber has their own different terminology for what makes sense to them. And like some people I, I feel are really good at distance. So you say like, yeah, a half an inch, cut it off. They know exactly what that means, but a lot of people are not so good at estimating that. So I feel like that's kind of a variance there. And then also, I don't know how you get a person. All these places I go to, yes, they're great and everyone does a good job, but I'm just walking in and taking the first seat that's available. And if like last time I went to get my hair cut and there's two people that typically work in this barbershop that I have started to go to now. And the first two times I went, the person on the left cut my hair. And he did all right. He did good. But last time I went, the other person cut my hair, and she did very good. I was very pleased. But next time, can I go and say, like, next time can I go and sit down and wait in the waiting room, and then when the guy is ready, he's like, come on up, man. Can I be like, I'm sorry. I've tried them both, and uh, I'm going to go with her this time. She's she's mine from now on. She's she's my gal. Can I do that, or is that just horribly offensive? I, I mean, I'm sure that happens to this person on a weekly basis. They're probably used to it, but I just feel terrible. So I, I have never actually settled on a person. I just take the first it, seat that's available. It's funny you bring that up, because a few days ago when I went, I had a similar dilemma, except that Sports Clips has like sometimes like six or seven people cutting at the same time. And I was, I was expressing to someone else like, man, like I, I just really don't want to get this one girl again. And that person was like, well, can't you request someone specific? And here's where my issue lies is who I don't know the names of anyone else. Ah. And I will take literally anyone, but that one girl. But the issue is <laughs> how do you phrase when checking in? Yeah, just just don't give me Mindy. Her <laughs> name isn't Mindy. I don't know what her name is, but like, just for the love of God, don't give me that girl. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing if you request someone else to be like, hey, like, I, I kind of liked how they did. They're probably like, okay, like, I get it. You connected with them. But for you to be like, yeah, I, fr- I freaking hated the job you did. I, I'll take anyone else. <laughs> Here's my blacklist. You're on it. Anybody else is good with me, as long as it's not you. Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty savage. I don't know if you can get away with that. That's a good point. Yeah, and, and something else you mentioned in terms of what to ask for. I think I've gotten it down, but every single time I request it, even from the person that I've gotten it from before, there's a part of me in my mind that's like, 
when I request, I'm requesting based on what previous barbers have called it. Yeah. And so if exactly. I'm like, uh, can you do a three down to a two on the sides? I'm just waiting for the day that a barber looks at me and is like, what the hell are you talking what about? Are like, what are their damn numbers, boy? Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just made it up right now. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I've actually had the opposite issue where as a child I was never informed of what my numbers were in terms like the haircut was in terms of numbers. Mm-hmm. I always had like half an inch off or whatever. So whenever I went to a place for the first time where that was different from what I was used to and they asked me like I said, uh yeah, about half an inch off and they were like, Well, what is that? A three or something? <laughs> I was like, What are you talking what? <laughs> A three? No, half an inch. Three inches. There's not even three inches of hair on my head. And they're like, no, the clip, like the clipper size. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't understand what you're talking about. And there was, it was a whole ordeal. So I, I was faced with the opposite problem. But I, I'm sure I think those are pretty standard. I don't know why I never knew them. So I think you're in the clear there, at least. Yeah, I. <laughs> I just get like, even when someone I know, I'm like a little bit anxious every time that's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And well, yeah, I mean, I feel that too, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have to say about haircuts. Uh, I know it really, as, as is the theme, I'm bringing some groundbreaking uh, out of nowhere ideas for positive rants between the raceable pens and haircuts now. Uh, <laughs> That really is the the premise of the show, though. So I am more than welcoming of extremely minuscule, non-consequential, positive rant ideas. Perfect. I'm all here for it. Um, but it is now over an hour uh, for this episode. So we've been talking for a long time. I think it's about time we wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I agree. Before we... Fully close out the show, though, I do. I would like to ask everyone uh, that if you enjoy it, please like reach out, as we said at the beginning of the show, let your friends know about it. Um, we're really, really desperate for those view numbers to be bumped up. Please, God, we need it. Uh, but really, we'd love to uh, get more people on board. Um, we're having a lot of fun making the show, and we hope that you're having a lot of fun listening to it. So it would really honestly mean a ton to us if you – just let one friend know about the show if you think they like it and if you're enjoying it as well. Uh, we're starting to take this a little more seriously now and kind of do it like more professionally, you know. So um, it would be yeah, nice exactly. to have people other than us losers talk about this lame thing we're doing. If somebody other than us two losers could please talk about the show, that would be fantastic. Um, if you are feeling so inclined to help us out even a little bit more than that, you could Go ahead and like us on SoundCloud, like the tracks on SoundCloud, give us a rating, uh, review us on iTunes, that kind of thing. It's super helpful. I don't know how it's helpful, but a lot of other podcasters that are professional and really good at their jobs always say that. So maybe it's true for us as well. Um, but yeah, that'd be really cool if you could help us out on that front too. So yeah, one can only assume in addition to that, uh, Zach already mentioned this earlier, but, uh, if you want to breathe new life into our random, uh, topic section, we would love if you emailed us at notallbadshow at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, and you have the opportunity with that to craft this show into uh, what you would like it to be and surprise us because we, we won't see these those topics that you submit until we are recording live 
And uh, we would love to see. I mean, there will be a it's certain a amount thought. of vetting. There will be some vetting, yeah. just not by us two, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, we're not going to have you. It's not going to be Abortion. something too ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like give your opinion on uh, euthanizing animals. It's like, oh man, uh, we'll have some sort of vetting process. It won't be us two though, which is the exciting part. So if you want uh, to surprise us with your desired topic in that section please email us definitely at not all bad show at gmail.com or uh if you're just looking for a friend uh we are also looking for friends and uh email us there and we'll maybe get back to you maybe yeah it's yeah you wouldn't believe it but our inbox is just flush with emails right now we're just Man, they're I- really coming in <laughs> uh but yeah if you're going to email a, a topic for the random rants please make the subject line Three words and three words only. That's random rant idea. And then you can put your topic in the body. Not all bad show at gmail.com. But that's the show. Uh, thank you again for listening. I can't say this enough. It means a lot to have the three of you listening to us right now. Uh, it really, I, I mean, I joke, but it's, it's more than three and it's also very cool. So uh, tell a friend, let us know if you have random rant ideas. And that's the show. I've been Zach Andrews. And I have been Paul Messman. I don't like how I say I have been. I need to stop saying that. But this has been not all bad. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you.